no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Welcome to Medjinomics. A friend of Medjugorje is going to join us in just a moment. But first, we want to share with you an excerpt from the book, They Fired the First Shot, 2012. This past weekend, we celebrated the 4th of July, and we were thinking back. Ten years ago, a friend of Medjugorje invited Medjugorje visionary Maria to be here for the five days, July 1st through the 5th, for a special consecration of our nation to Our Lady. On the evening of July the 3rd, Our Lady gave a very important message, which played a central part in the book They Fired the First Shot, 2012. Now, a friend of Medjugorje has started to write the book in March of 2012, and in the process of writing the book, Our Lady continued to reveal things throughout the course of the months that followed. July the 3rd, 2012, Our Lady's message was a particular solution to what a friend of Medjugorje had been writing about. In the message of July the 3rd, 2012, Our Lady said, Form and make prayer groups through which we will pray for your healing and the healing of this nation to draw closer to God and to me. It was the culmination of several decades of prayers from a friend of Medjugorje praying for this gift for the United States. He invited tens of thousands across the world to join him in this prayer. And through the years, this nation had been repeatedly given to Our Lady. July the 3rd, 2012, ten years ago, Our Lady gave the solution. And so, as we were looking back to the book that a friend of Medjugorje was in the midst of writing at the time, there were particular passages which came to mind. This six-minute piece that we're going to play for you from They Fired the First Shot, 2012, is an amazing assessment of where we were ten years ago and what has led to where we are today. So this is from chapter 12, titled, You Must Decide Today for a Future with God. Here is They Fired the First Shot, 
2012. It is time to wake up and teach virtue while we can. God is to be your provider, not the government or some other entity or person. But God's provision is contingent upon your cooperation with Him. You must work virtuously, be industrious, a good steward of His provisions, and forsake all laziness. If malady befalls you, your holy way of life and God's help will be your protection. But virtue is necessary. Yet practically everything that befalls a person today is blamed on someone else. It is always another person's fault. Christian principles of responsibility are fading in society. The following example takes this to the extreme, but perfectly illustrates how this thinking has become so pervasive in our society. On Christmas Day, December the 25th, 2007, a man crashed at a high rate of speed into the back of a family car that was stopped at a red light, killing three people. David Belniak of Spring Hill, Florida, pleaded guilty to three counts of manslaughter while driving under the influence, and was sentenced to twelve years in prison. Four years later, in December 2011, Belniak incredulously filed a lawsuit against the estate of the deceased driver of the car he crashed into stating that the crash was the victim's fault. Even while he sits in jail for his drunken manslaughter, he is demanding the victim's relatives pay for his pain and suffering, mental anguish, loss of capacity for the enjoyment of life, and to pay for his medical bills that he got because of the accident. This everybody-is-a-victim mentality prevails in the world today. What must God think when He looks upon the earth and sees what our nation and our world have become? How much longer can God tolerate this? Our Lady of Medjugorje said on November the 6th, 1982, Go on the streets of the city, Count those who glorify God and those who offend Him. God can no longer endure that. Are we in the throes of His turning us over to ourselves? We, in the times in which we live, can certainly be identified as a corrupt society, as described in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, in which it is stated, that God gave them up to themselves. The breeding of widespread mentalities of victimhood doesn't happen on its own, but is part of the strategy to create class warfare. The people themselves, easily swayed by the propagandist media, 
are used to help bring in the reign of tyranny. Lenin reportedly called them the useful idiots. Some may think we are still a long way into the future of what is manifesting on the horizon. But think of things now happening in the present time that just ten years ago we could not imagine would happen in our lifetime. This present moment is a now time for us to alter our future. Are there negative things in the present along with issues and circumstances that ten, fifteen, and twenty years ago we could have altered, and thereby today be experiencing a different life than what we have inherited in the present. If you do not like the present, you most certainly will not like the future. Now is the moment to at least alter somewhat our present circumstances and change our future. If enough people change, greater will the future change by our decisions today. This is a grace period for us as Christians. Our Lady comes to tell us to alter our future now in the present. Our Lady said on June 15, 2012, Put God in the first place in your life and in your families, and together with Him set out into the future through this upcoming time of grace. Christ is the only way, the only path, not just for eternity, but for the world and its earthly future for peace. Reject Jesus as the world is doing now, divorcing itself from Him who sustains it, and the result will be as we are already experiencing it. Life on earth as we have known it, radically changing. Our Lady said on December 25th, 2008, Comprehend that, without Him, Jesus, you have no future. What you just heard was the newsletter. And I was writing about Rwanda and the genocide because I was with the Valka and she saw this and began screaming after the apparition, seeing hundreds of thousand bodies floating in the river and the water is blood. So it was prophetic, having the experience being with her and then nine months later, it manifests as a profound thing. I was going to write one page about this to put in words of heaven. So it had documented. It turned into several pages. And it is springtime. I'm very busy. I don't want to write a book. And I wrote it for the Words of the Harvester newsletter. In my heart, I was supposed to write more. I didn't know what I was going to write. I didn't want to do it. Because of spring, I don't have time to do that. I didn't want to do it, but I was nagged in my heart for you to write something. And then I said, okay, God, I'm going to write this, and it's not going to be any bigger than I see far. Many of you read that. 
about television. As I got into it, and it got that thick, I knew I couldn't stop. The book ended up being 1,000 pages. If God showed me how large this book would be, I would walk, and I would have stopped. So he kept me blind from where I was going. So once I got the book, I see far. When I get to that point, I knew I had to keep writing. I could never imagine this book was going to end it in 1,000 pages. Another very important thing about this, people spend five years, 10 years, writing a book like that. I finished it in four and a half months, which is miraculous. The impact on this book was so great that individuals were buying the books by pallet. We shipped them out to the houses by trucking. So they gave it away. What you just heard, we had it narrated. When we put it on CD, it's 24 hours listening. And everything I wrote 10 years ago, what was going to happen 10 years from now, has happened. When I wrote, the clip began saying, It is time to wake up and teach virtue while we can. God is to be your provider, not the government or some other entity or person. But God's provisions is contingent upon your cooperation with him. You must work virtuously, be industrious, a good steward and provisions and forsake laziness. You know what the headlines right now in the last couple of days? Big cities can't get workers back to the office. Another headline says, millions are unemployed. Why can't companies find workers? Question mark. Another headline says, lonely last days in the suburban office park. And the article says, 1,900 parking spots are empty. And hundreds of cubicles are empty. In this one building. Continue of the first shot. If malady befalls you, your holy way of life and God's help will be your protection. But virtue is necessary. Unquote. There are people that's able-bodied that won't go to work right now. The jobs are there begging. It's not virtuous. And those who are not working are going to pay a big price. Continue the quote, yet practically everything that befalls a person today is blamed on someone else. It is always another person's fault. Christian principles, responsibility are fading in society. What is the take on this? There are millions of people out there that won't take jobs now. What I wrote about malady that's going to befall you is you're not going to have a job to get because the system is crashing and you're going to have a lot of people, a lot of people, I'm talking millions and millions of people are going to say, I'll work just for two meals a day. It ain't going to be money. Our food chain is going down. It's being destroyed. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, St. Paul says, For also when we were with you, this we declare to you, quote, that if any man will not work, neither let him eat. I wrote many things, and they fired the first shot. 
that wasn't happening and couldn't be seen in 2012. And now you can see it. And it's manifested. Exactly the book says. Many of you have that book. Reread it. It will shock you. Because even this clip we've played, I'm asking myself, I'm listening to this, where did I get that? I saw it in the messages. So I'm going to tell you something in the future. There is going to be people that is going to be indentured servants. You will be going to people who have food, and I'll work for you. I will become your servant. You say, well, that's plantation days. We're headed toward that, and you're going to hope you can get on a plantation. Through the centuries, there's been indentured servants. Jacob himself was a servant. This Bible verse is prophetic. If any man will not work, neither let him eat. If you can't eat, what's going to happen? You're going to be forced to work and do things that you wish you had changed in the past. You've got to take the word serious. I've said it hundreds of times. In talks, reading it, writings, everything, everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. Only, only what glorifies God is going to remain. So your work today, it might be glorifying God. If you have a business, you better make that business for the glory of God. It's not just enough to say, I'm a Christian. There are many businesses and the products and what they produce is not of a God. And you can become a prophet by saying, it's going to crash. Because I said it was. We're coming into a time, we're coming into a world that everything that's left will be just like when Noah came into the ark. The whole earth was cleansed. It got washed by a big flood. And only thing on the earth, everything at that point, glorified God. I recommend to you to go back to read They Fired the First Shot to give you deeper understanding the present. Because back then, it was laid out. And there's still more out of that book that's going to manifest. Nobody can complain saying, I got caught off guard. It's there. It's the same thing in many, many writings I gave to you. Just like ain't going to happen. Nobody was interested in silver. No financial advisor would recommend it. They stopped it. That one book opened for the whole world the silver market. And those of you who are old enough about the Hunt Brothers, it killed the silver market. You should be taking those steps right now. I've told you before, don't keep no money in the bank. Don't have no money in the stock market. Don't do it in 401ks, the IRAs. It's dangerous. Very dangerous. The best thing you can do is get your little plot of land. And I know many of you out there can't do that. But those of you who can, you need to make those steps as fast as you can. So what was written in the book, you must work virtuously, be industrious, 
and a good steward, and forsake laziness. I'd like to add this. If you've got teenagers in your house, and they're not working, they're goofing off or just playing, or going out just doing nothing, you're damaging them. God ordained for us to work. Our youth here work. Heavy work. Hard work. And the results is consolation, self-esteem, confidence, self-worth. And our youth here, they don't get paid. Years ago, somebody asked one of our kids about the work. Did they get paid? And they said, no, we get to eat. There's a lot of parents destroying their own children. I've talked about this before. Harvard studied many people over 40 years. Now, what they did, who was happy and not happy? The conclusion of this was those who started working young, very young, and worked their whole life was the happiest. And the others were not happy. That says everything. I end with these words. When everything happens, much more quickly than we've seen what's in front of us now, there will be billions of people saying, it's not fair. We suffer from this mentality. Oh, this is not fair to me. Or I'm in school and some kid says something to me. That's not fair. All the times the persecution I've gone through and this mission has gone through, I've never felt sorry for myself. I never thought, this is not fair. You know why? Because Jesus Christ, what happened to him wasn't fair. And he took on the cross all fairness on his shoulders. There's no room for me to complain. Are you? Or think, poor me in this condition. Are they given an opportunity with her words to get you in a position where she says, quote, that it go well for you. I end with those words. Contemplate. Think. Act and pray. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.